0: I'm Lucy Kippist, the editor of Flying Solo, and the co-host with Robert Gerrish of this Flying Solo podcast. Now, before I introduce our guest for today, let me tell you a bit about our Flying Solo Premium membership. There's a mass of tools and benefits to help your business stand out and to ensure you stay at the top of your game. As part of the membership, you get a full page listing in our directory, entry to a private discussion group, access to a library of over 80 how-to videos, a copy of the Flying Solo book, and much more, all for just $99. Now, on to the show. Nick Brogdon is a local SEO expert who has worked in this space for about 15 years. He's also a very popular columnist on Flying Solo. During the past 15 years, he's built up a great reputation and brand lecturing on SEO and content marketing at the University of Technology Sydney and sitting on panels for Academy XI, as well as working for agencies across Singapore, the USA and Australia. Nick recently wrote a great column for Flying Solo about how he used guest lecturing at universities to help leverage his personal brand. This sounded like an excellent idea. So today he joins us on the podcast to talk about how we can try and do the same thing and why it's a broader strategy to help build integrity and trust in your brand, particularly when, like Nick, your industry is a little tougher than most. Welcome to the Flying Solo podcast, Nick.
1: Thanks, Lucy. Uh, Thanks, that was a a great introduction. I appreciate it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. So you've written for us for a couple of years now, and your articles all do really well. Personally, I think that's that's because you can attack a pretty, let's say, um formulaic kind of subject with a little bit of passion and also just a lot of common sense, really.
1: I yeah, wanted... well, I do. Oh, sorry. You no, go. you
0: go for it. You go.
1: Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, when, when I write, I always try to, uh, because myself being a, a soloist, so it's, uh, it's pretty easy to get in the head of the, of the audience. And uh, I just try and write about things. I know if people read it that it'll uh, an action what I'm, what I'm writing about, hopefully it'll, it'll help them out a little bit. So I think it tends to, to resonate pretty well.
0: Definitely. Now, SEO, which is your sort of um, topic area really, is, can be a confusing sort of topic for most of us people that don't work in that industry. And it's also an industry that sort of had, um, let's say, a bit of stigma attached to it. So I wanted yeah. to talk firstly about um, you know, what changes you've seen across the past 15 years in the industry, and particularly in terms of the way its reputation has changed across that time.
1: Yeah, sure. Well, I guess probably best to start sort of back, like when I was first in the industry, and that was back when SEO was definitely like some sort of mysterious magic power that certain <laughs> people had, and nobody quite knew what it was. And search engines themselves at the time were were still mysterious to, to business owners, and you know, traditional marketing was still huge. Print advertising was was still popular back then as well, and uh, so. What happened was there was – the algorithms that Google used were were pretty susceptible uh, to manipulation because they uh, pretty much relied on on a link system. So they treated backlinks from other websites as, as votes. And the more that you got uh, from the more important the website, the more valuable it was, and therefore your site became more valuable. And people started creating a lot of hacks and, and things around that to – to bump websites up rankings really quickly. And um, that worked really well, and a lot of people, especially in larger companies, were getting really rich and making a lot of money, like, cause, uh, you know, you could rank quickly for like life insurance and, uh, you know, big big money terms. Mm. And uh, then what happened was there was, um, Google implemented an update called, uh, which they called Penguin. Um, a friend of mine references to Google Update. Google always named their updates, their algorithm changes after animals. and. My friend and SEO colleague of mine always said they do that to make us sound stupid when we talk about <laughs> them. <stuff. laughs>
0: I was wondering but... if it's to make it feel a bit more approachable.
1: <laughs> well, I, we always thought it was funny because we're sitting there talking about penguins and pandas and, yeah, and all different things, and so I thought that was a funny way to look at it they, yeah. because they, don't, they just did it to make us feel silly. But who knows? <laughs> but, um, but once they implemented the penguin update, it, it was done to, to sort of try and clean it up a little bit, and, and they, they started targeting sites with spammy links. And uh, this really hit a lot of websites really hard, and uh, basically got them blacklisted once this came out. So not only did they lose rankings, some of them got delisted from Google in general. Um, so the rivers of gold, not like totally dried up for these people. And uh, as I said, that was a, 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 it. was something like uh, I'm just guessing offhand. I can't remember exactly, but it was two to three percent it impacted two to 3% of English searches or something, but that's, that's huge. Uh, You know, and those two to 3% were were a lot of the more common searches probably. But, um, but anyway, what happened from this change was it, um, it sort of, it it impacted people so heavily that, that companies suddenly obviously were in huge panic. Digital agencies around the world were in total panic mode and, Actually, just reminds me of quite a funny story of that. Uh, It's a friend of mine, Alex Mason, uh, who's uh, another SEO. And (laughs) he started his job in SEO the day that Penguin actually launched. And what that means was – the, the, he was sitting at his new job in the agency, and everyone was running around like the building was on fire. Yeah. And he's thinking, wow, what an intense industry. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but he just started on the day that the roof collapsed, basically. Mm. Uh, but, but anyways, to get to the point, so what happened from that was um, that sort of created two different factions in SEO because Google had sort of established some clear quality guidelines. Um, so then it, it sort of really established the white hat and the black hat SEOs. Uh, now, white hat SEOs are people that would uh, m- more closely obey the – well, generally, they would say exactly obey Google's guidelines on what SEO is and how it should be done and to keep a good quality of the industry and so on and so forth. And they would – most agencies adopted this strategy because it was safer and people – it would take a lot longer to get results. But once people got results, they they would tend to keep them and they could grow from it and they would have a very sound business rather than something that could fall over at any time Google decided. Um, so that was white hat. And then you had black hat SEO, which were people that continued to try and, uh, and hack uh, Google's algorithm to right. get rankings really quickly. Right. This still remains today. Um, well, now people say there's a gray hat as well, which are people that sort of live on the, on the edge <laughs> and, uh, and do a little bit of both. And that seems to be working really well these days, to be honest. Yeah. But um, But what happened was with those two factions, it created an acknowledgement that SEO, number one, is really good. And a lot of people knew that there's a lot of money to be made, business owners, so they wanted to hire SEOs. But nobody quite knew how to do white hat SEO at the time. But everyone was saying, that's what you need to do. So a lot of cowboys basically were created because it was an industry that nobody understood. It can take a year or two before you see results. So people that were just good at selling could go out and say to people, we do white hat SEO, we're really good at it, uh, it's $3,000 a month, uh, but remember the results come later. And then you would sign up, a 12-month contract or whatever they had, they would pretty much do nothing or they'd post some content on your website and sort of do little bits and pieces that didn't quite do anything. 12 months later, you still didn't have your results, but you were 20 $30 mm-hmm. down. Mm -hmm. Um, that happened to a huge percentage of people across the world, people like business owners. And it was the the micro business owners, the smaller business owners were especially susceptible to this because they didn't have anybody else to tell them that they were getting ripped off. They just had to believe this person that was talking to them that things were going to work out in the end. So what happened, it created a very murky situation for, for the terminology SEO. And you'll find when you say to somebody, do you, you know? Would you like SEO? Or even if I tell people I do SEO, a lot of people come back at me straight away and and they say, "Oh, SEO doesn't work. It's dead. It's not a good industry. You pay thousands of dollars and you get nothing." Mm. So that was sort of established, but it's obviously not true. It's just a lot of people that had a bad experience. Yeah. So that's how that's yeah. That's how the industry did get a bit of a bad name around it. But that is now clearing up a lot because it's been so long. Like we're talking over the last you know, 12, 15 years, it's sort of rolled through yep. um, and, and people are learning now that SEO is good. But again, I, I worked for larger agencies for a long time because I didn't want to go out on my own in the SEO space because I just couldn't be bothered dealing, dealing with, with everyone that. telling me, oh yeah, yeah. there's people so, telling me it's a scam. Yeah, <laughs> I so I guess
0: from, from what you've explained there, there's, there's, there's a bit of a legacy that you have to navigate and as a yeah. soloist in that space, navigating it becomes possibly even more tricky because you're just a one-man show. So as you mentioned in the post that you wrote for us about this, guest lecturing for you was one of the key ways that you've helped to establish your integrity, if that's an okay word to use for you, with your brand and and about what you do. So if you could – explain, I mean, when I read that, I thought, wow, what a fantastic idea, Um, Mm. given that you are a specialist – how did you first get that opportunity? So was your first opportunity at the University of Technology in Sydney or was there something prior to that?
1: that well, actually, I, I'd, I'd established myself as a writer. Um, and as you previously mentioned, I write for, uh, for Flying Solo and I write for different publications. I write for, uh, often for a publication in Singapore and uh, Yahoo News. And, um, you know, I've written, obviously, Flying Solo. at have done Koshi Business Build, a few different uh, sites uh, so that had sort of had established me as, as an authority um, in the space just because I had a lot of published work. But um, the way I actually got that lecture was through an ex-boss uh, of mine, actually the head of digital at Web Profits, which was an agency I was working for, um, had a relationship with the university. And uh, so they actually set me up with, with the talk through that. And, uh, and so I went out and did that at the Powerhouse Museum. Mm-hmm. Uh, but since then, a, a good friend of mine has actually, and, and it's mentioned in the article, linked to that in the article that you just mentioned, um, did start a business around it, uh, which is called Glecture. And uh, what that's about is actually guest lecture. Um, so what he does is he finds people that have uh, expert knowledge in a certain space, and then he's very well connected with different uh, universities. And one of his partners is actually a, a lecturer, for a university, and they then help people um, get hooked up with, with the university that wants somebody with their specific skill and gets them to go and do a guest lecture at, at that, uh, at, at that uh, facility. That's a fantastic
0: um, initiative. That makes it really easy, doesn't it? So to do yeah, that, you just need good. to sort of register on that site.
1: Yeah, if you just go to Glekshire.com, um, then, yeah, you can go there and check it out and register. It's still an early, in early stages, that business. Um but uh, if you reach out and just send them a message and let them know what, what you can do, uh, then they definitely can uh, can let you know how they can help you. And if they don't already have a contact, uh, they might be able to just hook you up with somebody else. So, yeah, that's yeah okay. it's Fantastic worth checking out. But it's, yeah, it's a really valuable thing. I, I got a lot out of doing the, the guest lecture, a lot more than I thought I would, actually. Was, it's was quite intimidating to do yeah, them I uh, because I, I was used to talking to business owners who have sort of, chosen to listen to what you're talking about. Yes,
0: they're paying uh, you for the, the information. Exactly. Yep. So
1: when you're talking to students, they're, uh, I found my content marketing uh, discussion quickly turned more to a social focus to, to try and gain their interest yep. uh, in yep. what I was saying. But, yeah, so, so that's how it came about for me. But, um, yeah, if I was to do it again, I'd, I'd probably chat with my friend Luke who runs Fletcher.
0: Right. So as you mentioned in the article, um, which I should say is called three – um, ways to skyrocket your personal brand and i'll pop the link in when we promote the podcast um cool. you talked about how that is you went on to let really leverage that experience um do you want to talk us through how you some of the ways that you did that
1: yeah totally well probably the most obvious way to see it is uh if you go my, my website which is my own name is nick a u, and uh I used images from from doing that lecture uh, all up the website. Basically, sort of all my hero images, even though they're slightly blurry. Uh, but just so as when people do visit my site, um, and especially because I, I my focus is local SEO, so I deal with a lot of tradies and, and people uh, that, that operate service based uh, industry in the service based industry. Um, when they go to the site, they can see that I have some credibility because I've done this lecture, or it has a picture of, uh, of me on the panel for Academy XI, which is one of the larger uh, digital training schools in, uh, in Australia, I know, at least in, in New South Wales. Um, so I, I use it heavily that way. I do also, it's something I mention when I talk to people, if we're discussing SEO, and I find when I say that I've done that, people pretty quickly trust me a lot more. Um, I, I get, my, my level of, of, of trust goes, goes right up when, I, when they heard that I've done that. Uh, so I use it that way a lot um, because the way that I got into the, the local SEO business once I left working for uh, the major agencies was um, I named the business after myself. So I didn't use any you know, local SEO, blah, blah, blah. I didn't make up a name for the agency. I just trade as my as myself, and I run on my own credibility and my own personal brand. Uh, once I build the business up, I will probably change it over to a branded name just to make the, you know scalable business. But in the short term, I literally rely
0: on your reputation. Totally,
1: 100 percent on my reputation. Right. And whenever I talk to people, it's funny because they always say to me, "Do you know what? I've had a bad experience in SEO, and I, I pretty much had said I would never do it again." But after talking with you and seeing what you've done i'm happy to give it another go um, so the the proof is 100% there that the personal brand is is the only reason my business works
0: it's a great idea really really clever idea yeah um it's, yeah sorry you go
1: i was going to say i also do one thing i i i combine that with is that i also try and take the the mystery out of seo so I I not only show the credibility that I've built and my personal brand and who I am and who I've worked for and blah, blah, blah. I then show like here's in six months, here's the work that will be done. Like this is how I do it. So when you're paying me and my rates are very low for traders, only charge $350 to $500 a month. And, uh, and I show them, this is what you get for your money. This is what I'm doing. So I don't just say, I'll get you rankings in six months time. I each month send a report and say, here's what I did. This is what you paid for. Wow. You know, so as I, I let people know that that's actually, they, it's a tangible thing that they're buying. I'm not sitting there with a, you know, with a magic program that just does all the work. I show them, you know, this took me a few hours. So I did this, I did that, I did yeah, this. So
0: you're basically that, giving them sort of an accountability plan so they can get back yeah. to you and say, hey, Nick, where are we up to on this? What have you done? Exactly. Yep. That's great. Exactly right. Also an excellent way to build trust. Just to, um, before we finish up, I just was thinking then, for people, you're obviously quite confident public speaker. I mean, you can talk to me now very, you know, eruditely on your what you're talking about here on the podcast. If you're someone with a business who's thinking, hey, this sounds really good for me, this guest lecturing opportunity, but I'm not that confident, yeah. I guess there'd be a few other steps that you should be taking before you go and jump in front of a, a room full oh, of, oh, of students. God, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 You, before you would do a lecture, you'd want to practice a lot. There's really cool things. I, I, you, like community groups are really good. Business groups, uh, BNI, if, if you're a micro local business, um, go and check out a, a BNI's uh, business business networking international. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really popular for for small businesses, but it's it's quite a commitment. Uh, but I'm not saying you should go and join one, but. If you do go to those you have to do public speaking in front of 30 or 40 people every week right so i know a lot of people that <clears throat> that are members of them i actually wrote an article about uh, BNI on flying solo um, because it, i found it to be a very interesting uh, experience but uh, but doing things like that like networking groups where you have to speak enable you to slowly build up your confidence and if you just talk for 30 seconds and then sit down again that's fine and then the next week you might talk for two minutes and you'll find after a few months that you're quite comfortable standing up and, it's, and they're big groups uh, and, and that way you can build your confidence up quite quickly. Um, that, so that, that's a good way and at the same time that way you're building a network of business owners. Yes. Yeah. Um, if if you don't want to do it that way, another really good way is to go and join, a, go to a local um, acting school like an improv classes and uh, and just do – But that's you've got to sort of be a little bit out there for that. But it's a fun way to do it is uh, just go and join a a group of people and do some improv classes. And that way you start to really think on your feet and you get confident talking Mm. in front of crowds.
0: Mm, Really good tips there. Nick, thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. Did you want to just list your your website name again so anyone who's interested in checking out what you do can
1: go and find you? Yeah, definitely. It's it's my name, Nick Brogdon, N-I-C-K, dot au, And on there, it's got some information about me and it also has, uh, has information about my local SEO product as well.
0: Excellent. And before we go, don't forget that when it comes to creating a really enjoyable and prosperous business, Flying Solo understands you. We have a premium membership which has all the tips and tools you'll need for just $99. So head to our webpage to find out more. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes. If you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, check out our bestseller, Flying Solo, How to Go It Alone in Business. It includes everything we know about working on your own. And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au.